0: Good morning, brethren. Let me add my comments to our visitors. It's certainly good to see you all with us, and we hope that today will be profitable for you as you worship with us here together. We do have a number of visitors with us. Good to see Ursula and Kevin's mom and the others that are with us. It's always so nice to see family. And like I so much appreciate your prayer that you name them one by one in your prayer for the needs that we have, because prayer is our greatest strength in the Lord. We're going to be talking today, <clears throat> the scripture reading is talking about sin. Should we continue in sin? And we'll get to that in just a minute. Summertime's coming. We were just in sunny Florida a week ago, and My main thing to Mary in packing, the clothing wasn't that important. It could be light and easy, shorts and T-shirts, it's hot. But please, please, please pack plenty of suntan spray and lotion and face block. Why? Because of the burn. We've all had it. When we plan and pre-plan for fires, Kids in school have fire drills, so that they can safely get outside. We have pre-plans in our homes. We know where the windows of escape are, where our chain ladders, hopefully we have them, are so that in the event of a fire, we know how to get out. Why? Because of the burn. We change the oil in our cars. We wash them and we wax them. Why? so that we don't blow up the engine, so that we keep the outside nice and shiny, and although it looks good, it's a preventive measure to keep the body from rusting and wearing out. We listen to traffic alerts, and when we plan a vacation, when we get on the road, our car has a navigation system in it that tells me there's traffic ahead, there's an incident ahead. When we were coming back from Florida, there was a big sign, incident at mile marker 112. We listen to these things, and we look them up, why? to avoid hindering our progress. We want to be moving forward. We want to be going places. We make these preparations to avoid these things in our life, like the burn, like the breaking of the engine, to avoid the traffic. Does anybody know who Dr. Jonas Edward Salk is? Have you ever heard the name S-A-L-K? Jonas Salk was born October 28, 1914. He died June 23rd, 1995. That doesn't mean much to any of us, does it? Except for the fact that he was an American medical researcher and a virologist. He discovered and developed one of the first successful polio vaccines. We might not know his name, but we know what he did. So what do we do now? Polio vaccines. All you ladies know what an MMR is, right? You take your kids and get their MMR shots measles, mumps, and rubella. We do preventive things. It was a great day when Dr. Salk discovered his polio preventive vaccine, and we all reaped the benefits of it. And it resulted in a near annihilation, but not completely, <laughs> of that dreaded disease. What's well, all that got to do with sin? It's even greater to discover. And apply preventatives to sinning. My lesson today is about sin, but it's not about sin. Let's presuppose for my lesson the recognition that we're all sinners Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But we should have an intense desire to conquer sin in our personal lives. All the helps in the world that we have are no value to us at all if we don't have a strong desire to avoid sin. We have to get our want to in gear. We have to want to resist. You hear me talk in my classes and you have heard me many times in my sermons say two of the key words that you always hear me talk about is identification and balance. You identify what it is you're dealing with and you balance it in your life. And although sin is a very strong point in this lesson, my focus today isn't on sin. It isn't one of those kind of lessons. My focus is on the prevention aspect of sin. Scriptures. We're going to look at a few scriptures today, but I'm going to list a lot of them. So those that keep notes, get a long pencil point ready because I have a, a lot of scriptures that we'll look at. Because there's a realization in the scripture that was read that God expects us to overcome sin in Romans 6, chapter verses 1 and 2. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Well, the proper use of our Bibles will help us to overcome sin. In Psalm 119, he says, The word I have hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. And If you remember a couple sermons ago, I spoke about the heart and about putting the word of God on your heart. We act in life in accordance with the precepts in our heart, do we not? What you feel in your heart comes out in the things that you say and the things that you do. Our heart is a very important part of our Christianity. For Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Sometimes that's not reality, it's perception. If he thinks that way, he is, whether he is or not. So we have to be very careful about that, because we will act no better than our heart will allow us to again in Proverbs the fourth chapter 23 it says keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life so we have to set in our heart the Word of God the Word of God will keep you free because what is the Word of God it is the truth Proverbs six sixteen or 16 and 6 says that the truth purges sin by mercy and truth iniquity is purged and by the fear of the Lord men will depart from evil so if you have your heart filled with the good things, that doesn't prevent any wrong, any evil from coming in. But it is quite the preventative. Because even if you put sunblock on, you can still get burned sometimes. As my beak found out that I applied stuff on it three or four times in a day, and it still got burned up down there. Jesus' prayer in John 17 is absolutely one of my favorite verses because it is his deep-hearted prayer to, to God of Heaven. And he said in that prayer, in verse 6, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them to me, and they have kept thy word. They kept the word because they kept the word on their hearts. And they responded from their hearts in such a way that that word exemplified the things that they thought, the things that they did, and the things that they said. And he said in verse 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. What did I say the truth is? Thy word is truth. Beloved, we are sanctified through the truth of the word of God. There's no other way around it. That's exactly how we're sanctified. God's law prevents us from backsliding. We all have the temptations in life. We are all subject to and we're all vulnerable. But by looking at these preventative measures through his word, we will have the greatest chance of resisting temptation and resisting evil and resisting sin. Show me a backslider, and I'll show you a man who no longer loves, reads, studies, obeys, memorizes, or teaches the Bible. Because when you backslide, you pull away from all of that. We want to avoid that. John wrote in his epistle to help prevent sinning. In 1 John John 2 and 1, My little children, these things I read unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So when we do sin, we have that avenue of forgiveness through repentance. And Jesus forgives us our sins. Ezekiel, the third chapter, 16 and 17 and verse 21. We have to warn people with God's word. You hear preachers talk and you hear people say, why do we so readily repeat the things in our heart? When we read in Proverbs, if a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. Repent and be baptized. That's our avenue to forgiveness of sins and hope for eternal life. We know what these words say, and we plant them in our heart, and that way we are able to share them and warn other people with them. And it came to pass in verse 16 of Ezekiel 3, At the end of seven days the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. Even back in those days, the word was given to men to warn other people. What did Noah do? He warned them. He warned them. They wouldn't take heed. 1 Peter 3, 21, Therefore, eight souls, a few, that is, eight souls were saved because they would not heed the warning and hear the word of the Lord God. In Verse 21, Nevertheless, if thou warn the righteous man that the righteous sin not, and he does not sin he shall surely live because he's warned also thou hast delivered thy soul so when we put the word in our heart it's not to be kept only in our heart but we're to share it with others no matter whether you're young or old we all have temptations do we not? we all associate with other people and we need to be interacting with them as Christians sharing in the word of God teaching them the things that the Lord has taught us And we have that hope of salvation and that contentment and that peace and that rejoicing within. How how great would it be to help save somebody else's soul, particularly somebody that you love very dearly? Jesus very successfully met temptation. Remember when he fasted for 40 days and the devil took him up on the mountain and he was tempted? Look at Matthew, the fourth chapter, for just a minute with me. I can get to it if we look at the first 11 verses of Matthew 4 that account says then Jesus was led up led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil that was his purpose for being sent there he went there to be tempted do we go any place to be tempted hope not but sometimes we know when we go places there's going to be temptations there right And when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungered. He was hungry. I can't go four hours without having to have food. I can go three days without sleep, but I need food. My wife, on the other hand, can go three days without food, but she can't go without sleep. He was hungry. And the tempter came to him. Now think about that. He's been there 40 days. He went there to be tempted. He's vulnerable. He's at a weak point. And and when somebody tries to dominate you? What do the animals do? They go after the young, the weak, and the infirm. See, he's finding him at a low point. And the tempter came to him in verse 3 and he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. He turned water into wine. He could have turned those stones into bread, couldn't he? But that wasn't what what his purpose was. But he answered and said, it is written. It is written. It's the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Where where does the word come from? From your heart. What's on your heart? The written word of God. See the sequence and how it follows through and how it balances out? I want you to identify these things. Know what's in your heart. Know that word. Memorize it. Share it with others. Because when you share it with others, it it confirms and reaffirms what you know and your convictions inside Verse 5, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus said unto him, It is written again. Here we go with the word of God. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil takes him up to the exceeding high mountain. He took him up even higher. Now, what do we know about this physically? When you go up higher into the mountain, what do you have less of? Oxygen. There's some physical characteristics to this. He's already hungry. Now he's weak. Now he's going to take him up even higher where he can't even get as good a breath. And he's he's going to knock him down a little more. Now, he takes him up the mountain and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and all the glory of them. And Satan saith unto him, all these things will I give thee. And I thought that was pretty arrogant of Satan. Lord, the God of heaven created everything, and Satan says, I'm going to give this to you. It wasn't his to give, brethren. If thou wilt fall down and worship me, what was his goal? Come over to my side. It's not happening. Then Jesus saith unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and in him only shalt thou serve. Jesus successfully met this temptation. He met it with the word of God. He gave it to the devil himself to counter him. The same thing works today for us. If we're tempted to lie, remember Col- Colossians 3.9. It's easy, easy, easy. To lie, to avoid the truth. Sometimes we don't look at it as a lie, but when we're avoiding the truth, we're lying. If we're omitting something, we're still lying, even if you don't say it. By the sin of omission, Colossians three and nine says, "Lie not to one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds." When we become Christians, we can't do these things anymore. If we're tempted to forsake the assembly, Hebrews ten twenty five talks about forsaking the assembly. We all know that, and that. I think that's one of the most misused verses in the new testament i like verse 24 better and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works that's why we're here brethren we gather around the lord's table and we provoke and none of us likes to be provoked into i'm going to push you or i'm going to say things that make you angry and make you want to do things you shouldn't do but in the positive sense, we provoke one another to good works by being here, being amongst one another, finding out what, what each other's needs are. And good things like Michael's prayer this morning for Ursel and Evelyn's daughter and for Sonny, for the things that we pray for, for one another, those are good and uplifting for one another. And those are the things that we should be doing, but not just in word, but also in deed. When we look at our numbers and we see how dismal some of our Sunday evening and Wednesday evening services are, brethren, let me ask you, why wouldn't you want to be with your brethren and be here? We provoke one another to good works by being amongst one another in company, by saying and doing good things with and for one another. I was encouraged yesterday, we were here for the elders deacon meeting, John and I, Kevin and Jason, and when we went outside, Ron and Melody and their daughter, they were outside at the shed and they were... Doing some things, I was encouraged to see them acting, doing good things for the congregation. They didn't know it at the time, but I was encouraged to see them. And I don't point it out just for their good work, but by the encouragement that they gave me by doing these things. Let us not forsake one another here, brethren. It's just as important for me and others that you're here. Not just in the morning when we gather around the table, but in the evening, when we come together and encourage the speaker and one another and do these things, sometimes we're tempted to commit acts of immorality. This life, the society and culture we live in. In our class this morning, we talked about the virtues and attributes of a wife. And we reviewed some of the things that our cultural society view. Some of them are very vain, some were. In truth, good things that are looked for also. But they put a tremendous accentuation on sexuality, appearance. And those things are important in a relationship. But they shouldn't be the preeminent thing that you talk about in seeking a mate on these different articles and sites and things. So he tells us in 1 Corinthians 6.1 to flee fornication. Every sin that a man do does is without the body. But he that commits fornication sins against his own body. There are a lot of reasons why he gives us this word. It's easy for us to speak badly about somebody. And again, the social media is anonymous. When you're anonymous, you're empowered. Because you don't have to say, because I could look at Sean in the eye and I can say something to him easier for me to say something I wasn't supposed to say out here. When I look in the eye and know the truth, it may not be so easy to speak a lie or hypocrisy or a negative or something about somebody else. My bitterness is easy to spread outside, but not when we stay within. So Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking put away from you, with all malice. It's easy to see something say nobody would notice if I just pick that up <laughs> sometimes you might plan to take something it's not yours leave it alone but Ephesians 4 28 teaches us in God's word let him that stole steal no more but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have but it's not just so that he may have why do we labor why do we gather these things he says to give to him that needeth." there's an inside and outside of that you have, but you're responsible to give unto others. Therefore, we need to resolve, brethren, to read our Bibles. It takes time. But that's the only way we learn what God's word is. We hear it, but you need to read it. You need to write it on your own hearts. Timothy told them in first Timothy, the fourth chapter and verse thirteen, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation. And to doctrine. Why do we suppose he told the brethren that? These are converted people, newly converted people, fresh and full of vigor. Because it's easy to fall back. In 2 Timothy, he said, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, when he says study, that, that word doesn't mean study as in reading the book, although that's included. When somebody studies to be a physician or somebody studies to be a lawyer or somebody studies to be a doctor, a fireman, a policeman, whatever it is, they study the book and then they make practical application. The firemen have practice runs on hoses and ladders and things. The policemen have to go to the range and make preparation. The doctors study their books and they learn. The lawyers study their books and they learn. But then they go in and they practice and they learn to do the things physically that they're supposed to do. So there's a a full regiment. And we are to do the same thing. Learn God's word. Learn what it says. Write it on your heart and then put it into practice. Memorize scripture. Attend all your Bible classes when they're available. Build a good library in your home. Subscribe and read some some journals. But our best and greatest tool is prayer. Because prayer is your relationship with the God of heaven. When I wake up every day, I have a lot of conversation with Mary. I'm sure John has a lot of conversation with Susan, Mike with Beverly, and the rest of us that have relationships with our spouses and our children, your brethren, your brothers and sisters. We have communication because that's our relationship. We need to have that same relationship with the Father and speak with Him on a regular basis. It's through our prayer that we petition Him. And the Lord Himself gave to us in his prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We all know that. It's through prayer that we receive the strength to stand. So watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. Luke twenty-one thirty-six. Ephesians 6, we're told to put on the whole armor of God. And we all know those verses that list the helmet and breastplate and all the different tools that we, we would use. But after he gives that list, what does he tell them? Now you're prepared to fight. You got all the tools you need? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Do you ever know a person who was stealing and praying at the same time? Do you ever notice a person know of a person who was drinking and praying at the same time. you ever know of a person who's gossiping or talking evil about somebody else and praying at the same time? It doesn't happen. It should be easy why we should see and heed the admonitions of the Bible to pray regularly. Pray without ceasing Colossians 4:2 continue an in instant prayer. Luke 18:1 says we ought to always pray. You can't backslide brethren if you're on your knees. When I'm on my feet, I've got a pretty good balance. But when I'm on my knees, I'm like a rock. That's the physical side. But the spiritual application is if you're on your knees, you're not going to have shaky legs. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. So let a man prove himself, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight. Let him examine himself. Let him eat and drink of that bread. We're instructed prior to taking the Lord's Supper to examine ourselves see where you are in your relationship and we need to realize that God's Word is a standard by which we examine ourselves contemplation of the goodness and the severity of God will help us to have a reverential fear for him it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God Hebrews 10:31 we know what we should do we can't escape the omnipresence of, of the all-seeing God the Lord knows the thoughts of man. And their vanity, according to Psalms 94. So we need to watch what we say, what we put on our heart, and who we hang around with. Watch the company we keep. First Corinthians 15:33, when it talks about the companionship of others, it's not just a good idea, brethren; it's a scripture. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good mar- good character or good morals. We need to surround ourselves with the Lord's people. We need to be convicted. I hope that I've encouraged you in this lesson to read God's word, to pray to Him more than you are. And I don't care how much you're praying to Him, it could be zero, it could be a hundred, but whatever you're praying, pray more. Read more, write more on your heart. And these helps will only assist us if we really want to overcome sin. It takes effort on our part, but it must be overcome if we want to be with our Lord in heaven. Make yourself ready for that day. All things are ready here. Preparation's been made. There's a baptistry here. You've heard the word of God, and chances are you know what it is that you need to do to be saved. Are you in danger of the burn? We get over the burn of sunburn. We can get over some of the burns when you, get, when you burn your hands, sometimes if you're in a fire, you can overcome the burn. But I promise you, the burn without this will never stop and will never be more severe. Do you need to make application to the gospel call? Is that word written on your heart? If it is, you need to make a decision to follow God's word, to follow his instruction. Let us pray for you and with you that you can be redeemed you can no longer be in the life of sin. And if perhaps you've done that, and need to make repentance and acknowledgement of some of the things you've done, we'll pray with you for that as well. If you're subject to the invitation of the Lord, would you come together as we stand and sing?